It's good to see you this morning. Yeah, I love the, uh, the talk back and the energy, especially on New Year's Eve, right? Anybody planning on staying up until new midnight? Midnight? One o'clock in the morning? Two o'clock in the morning? Who's going to stay up the latest? Nobody. Okay, Clayton is. All right, that's cool. <laughs> I'm so glad that you chose to get up early this morning and be here with us. That's so cool. I was looking forward to this Sunday um, because, hey, it's the last day of 2023, and tomorrow is a brand new year, which is pretty cool. And so you get to sit and, and we get to reflect on this last year. Um, anybody thank God for anything that happened this last year? Anybody thanking God for something that happened? Yeah. Yeah, we got we to gotta think about those things. They're important. Um, for me, my year of 2023, a lot of it was spent uh, waiting for my baby boy to arrive. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. We were going to be surprised. And so, uh, we, you know, all these months, all these months of waiting and waiting and waiting. And then just last month, he, was, he arrived. So he's one month old tomorrow. And uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. That, but that was my 2023. Um, also, uh, church over this last year has been really cool. We're really excited. We've taken some big steps forward in our church plant. And uh, one of the big things, as, as we know and we celebrate, is Pat, we brought Pastor Dustin on board. So, <laughs> all right, I didn't ask him to do that, but everything else he does is amazing, and we're so thankful. <laughs> We're so thankful that he has been joining us, and he does an incredible job, and I love working with him uh, so, so much, and we're thankful for him and his family to be a part of what God's doing here. Um, well, another thing that I was thinking of last week, as many of you were here, because we celebrated Christmas, right? And we did it for the first time on a Sunday morning. We did it twice. And that is a big, big deal. And uh, man, we got to celebrate with so many people, and it was just, uh, it was awesome to be able to do that. And so going forward, like we are actively, like right now, actively taking steps to make that our normal routine on a Sunday morning. So what happened last week, we are taking steps to make it happen every single week at Connect Us Church. And so you're going to be hearing a little bit more about that um, you know, in the coming months, because we got some, some work to do and some commitments to make and some uh, sleeves to roll up and some people to invite and all of those things. And so um, if you haven't yet already, there's that QR code over there that's there every Sunday. If you scan that code and type in your name, it brings you to my sermon notes, so you'll know exactly what I'm going to say before I say it, and some good questions um, to think about during the week. And so you should always, every Sunday, scan that. Um, but it also has some links on there. And one of them is the two services response card. And uh, so if you haven't filled out that card yet, we'd love for you to do that, invite you to do that. Um, we're so gearing up to start that nine o'clock service, and uh, it's just going to give us more opportunities to connect with people. And also, what I really love, and I love last week, was connecting between the services. So we just get to be here already, and we get to see each other, we get to eat food together. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Uh, so I thought that we should end our year, 2023, just focused on like the main thing. I'm sitting down today, we're just like this New Year's Eve, right? We're just relaxing, we're connecting, we're here together, worshiping the Lord together. Like we can get 
excited about all sorts of things. You know, last week was a big celebration, a big outreach, a big awesome, you know, it was great. But like, we just need to focus on the main thing, the, the central thing of, of Jesus and what he did for us, specifically in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And uh, that oftentimes, what the, what the Apostle Paul tells us is called the gospel. The gospel just simply means good news. Like it's good news that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And that is the news that we receive and believe. And so sometimes we think that the gospel is like the entry point into Christianity. Like, like if you picture a pool, I know it's cold, but it's summertime, you're in a pool, you get on the diving board, and like the gospel is like the diving board. And like you get into Christianity, you jump into the pool, and then you like figure everything else out. Then you swim deeper spots, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and you learn all this stuff, but you kind of like leave the gospel at the diving board. But that is not what Christianity is at all. Like, like the gospel is the entire swimming pool. Yes, it's what you jump in and get in, get in, but it's every depth of the pool is the gospel. So the farther you go in your faith, the deeper you go in the faith, the more you learn about the Bible, the more you try to apply the teachings of Jesus, you find the gospel. You find Jesus of what he's done, and, and so you're, you're trying to think of who God is. Well, it's the gospel, or, or how do I relate to my friends or my neighbors? It's the gospel. How do I respond when somebody hurts me? It's the gospel. It's always the gospel, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's the main thing. It always is the main thing, and we don't ever want to forget that. And so Jesus, in, in knowing this, like this is the main thing, gave us something specific to help us remember. His body that was broken for us, his, his blood that was shed for us. He gave us something specific because um, it's nice to have like something you can touch and remind yourself like, oh yeah, that, that, that's, that, I, need, I need that reminder or something to understand or, or something to taste or something to smell, or something to feel, helps you understand and helps you remember something. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he said, okay, this is the main thing. And so I'm going to give you what, what we call communion, this, this idea to remind ourselves of this main thing. And so today we're going to be, at the end of the service, taking communion, or it's called the Lord's Table, the Lord's Supper. And uh, if you've been with us the last, like, I don't know how many months it's been, but we haven't had communion here in a while. Like, we've been busy doing all sorts of stuff. And uh, so I just wanted to take a moment to explain a little bit about that, uh, because it's so special, and it's so meaningful. And uh, my heart, when we do communion here at church, it's... It's I want it to do it often enough because it's so important and Jesus told us to do it, but I don't want to do it so often that it just becomes routine and, and like, oh, here it comes again, or here's the day and all, all the, you know, so like it's special. And that's, if you wanted a title for my message today, it's the awe of communion, the awe of communion. I want us to leave here knowing just how special Jesus is. Just how like, unique and amazing and life-altering, world-altering, universe-shaking this person of Jesus is and what he has done for us. And so um, the way that communion all started 
was that Jesus took his closest followers, his disciples, they went into this upper room, and uh, it was right before Jesus died, and they had this meal together, and Jesus was explaining all of this, and he even told the apostle Paul about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, Paul said this, he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Then on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an arrangement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. There's a lot in, in these verses uh, like, like this idea that Jesus was betrayed. <laughs> like just last week, we were celebrating this baby that was born in a manger. This king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he will reign forevermore. <laughs> he, was, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, his closest followers named Judas. And like the betrayal wasn't just like a, a relational betrayal. I mean, it was that, but it was, it was a betrayal that led to this man's death. This is as bad as it gets. But it was really all still a part of God's plan, wasn't it? Like, that's why Jesus came to this earth to begin with, is because he had to do something about the broken relationship humans had with God. And Jesus took care of that. It was always part of God's plan to die. But, I mean... <laughs> Who thought God would die? Nobody, nobody thought God would die. And even in the Old Testament prophecies, and I loved in the Christmas messages that we had, that Denny started by talking about all of these Old Testament, all of these old th- hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus was born of looking ahead to Jesus. And, and it became clearer and clearer over time of who this Messiah would be, who this promised one would be, and the details became more clear and where he would be born and what he would do, and, and all of this became a lot more clear. And also, uh, Jordan, in the, in the second message, told us about when Jesus was eight days old, he went to the temple, and there was a guy named Simeon there. You remember that? And Simeon told this to, to Mary. He said this blessing to, to the baby's mom. This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And so in this betrayal of, of one of Jesus' closest friends, Judas, don't you think that his heart was revealed? I mean, Judas was entrusted with the money bag. He was, he was given the, the reins to the financial end of Jesus' ministry. And like that, you got to be trusted to do that. He's a close follower, a close friend. He spent three years with Jesus. And in the moment of decision, he chooses to betray Jesus for like 30 pieces of silver. His heart was revealed of like, there was, <laughs> there was something not right in this dude's heart. And many people's hearts were revealed. And, and Simeon's prophecy to Mary that a sword will pierce her very soul. Can you imagine being Jesus' mother, standing there at the cross, watching her son get crucified for nothing that he did? Can you imagine your own children seeing them suffer like that? <laughs> 
Like that will pierce your soul. And Mary, again, we just celebrated last week. She had this baby, and it's exciting, and he's a new baby, and, and they do all these things, and the baby grows up. And, but like to think about now here, 30-some, 30 33 years later, is dying a horrible, horrible death. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pierce her soul. But like nobody, again, nobody believed the Messiah was going was gonna to die. I mean, there's talk of the suffering servant in the Old Testament, but what do you do with that? I mean, nobody can do anything. Once you're dead, it's over. It's, it's gone. It's, there's nothing you can do. And even, I would say, nobody believed that until the resurrection, until there was life from death. But we take, I think, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, the gospel, for granted sometimes. Like we think, like it's just, uh, just of course, we know that. You know, everyone knows that. We talk about that. Like, but just, uh, there's a lot of people, I think, that be, they say they're Christians, or, or they are, you know, they, they say they're Christians because, and they'll, they'll think that this way. They're like, well, I'm not a Muslim, and I'm not an atheist, and like, I live in the United States of America. So like, of course, what else would I be? I'd be a, a Christian. Well, like, None of those things have anything to do with being a Christian. Like there's, there's only one specific thing that makes you a Christian, and it's Jesus. And it's what he did for you specifically in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Like him, his life, his, his death, his resurrection is a turning point for the history of the world. Like it's the hinge point for the history of the world. Like for all of time, for all, you know, for thousands of years, people were living one way. They were relating to God one way. And then Jesus happened and everything else after him happened completely differently. Like he is the central hinge point, the central turning point. And so when Jesus is, is in this upper room and he, he's doing these things and he's breaking this bread and he's saying things like, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. This is all normal stuff. For thousands of years, Jewish people, the, the Jesus's people, for even Jesus's whole life, they've been celebrating this holiday that is called what? The, the Passover. And they've been doing this for thousands of years. And so when Jesus gets to this point, he says, this, this is the bread and, and do this in remembrance, the disciples are tracking. They, they know exactly what's happening because they've done this their entire life. In fact, when, when Jesus was 12 years old in, in Luke chapter 2, we read that every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Every year, this is something the Jews did every year. This is something Jesus did every year for 12 years of his life. He always did this. He always went and always celebrated the Passover. This is a big Jewish festival. And again, they've celebrated this for, for thousands of years. It's customary. It's routine. And so Jesus says, do this in remembrance of <laughs> what? The Passover, right? You know the Passover? You remember the Passover? That's when God called a guy named Moses to go and to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no way. <laughs> and so God sent these plagues, these 10 plagues to come against Pharaoh and the Egyptian people. And eventually Pharaoh said, okay, I, I guess, you know, and kind of changed his mind. And so then the 10th plague was the big one. 
The 10th plague is where the Passover gets its name because a death angel came and was going to kill every firstborn son of everybody who lived in Egypt. Except God gave the Hebrew people a way to escape that, that punishment, that, that end, and that was by sacrificing a lamb. The lamb was sacrificed. The blood of that lamb was sprinkled or painted on the doorposts. And when the death angel came to that house and saw the blood and the sacrifice that was made in the, its place, that death angel passed over that house and went on to the next one. That's hence the name Passover. And so when Jesus is talking and he's saying, do this in remembrance of, they're like, oh yeah, we're doing it in remembrance of Moses. We're doing it in remembrance of God saving his nation out of slavery in Egypt. We're doing this because this is the, the turning point in our nation's history. This is our great, 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 great grandfathers. And we've been celebrating the same way, the same thing every single year for the last thousands of years. We're doing this in remembrance of Moses. But what Jesus said next this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of what Jesus said next changed everything. What Jesus said next was so surprising, so awe-inspiring, so out there. And they're like, well, this is my body, which is given for you. Like, that's a little weird. You know, Jesus has said some weird things in his life, you know. The disciples probably just kind of, I'm not sure, whatever. He said some weird things. Let's just move on with it. But he said, do this in remembrance of, what's the next word? Everybody shout it out nice and loud. Me. <laughs> I want you to feel how central this is to everything, to your life, to your faith, to history, to, to everything, to me, to our church, like Jesus the guy saying me is the central part of all of this. It's the turning point. It's the hinge point. Because when Jesus said this, do this in remembrance of me, the disciples in that room as they were having this Passover meal, they should have raised their hand and said, Jesus, it ain't about you, my friend. We've done this. Our ancestors have done this for hundreds and thousands of years. And God specifically told us to do this every single year. And you're changing it. And we miss this as Americans in the 21st century. We miss the impact of it. And so the best analogy I've ever heard about like what Jesus did in this moment, I've shared it with some of you before, but it's, it's worth sharing again. Um, last week we celebrated what holiday again? Christmas. Okay, we're a couple people awake. And whose birthday do you celebrate on Christmas? Okay, we're all on the same page. So every single year for your entire life, whose birthday have you celebrated on Christmas? Jesus. Okay. So what Jesus did in communion at the Last Supper, what, we're gonna, what I'm about to tell you today, this is what the impact of it. So today, from today forward, this is what it's like. So instead of celebrating Jesus' birthday on Christmas this coming year, we're going to celebrate my birthday. You feel that? You feel inside of you, you're like, that's, no, that's horrible. I can't believe you even said that. That's the response, the reaction of the disciples in the upper room as they're having this meal together because this is, 
this is ridiculous. This isn't about you, Jesus. This is about the Passover. This is about God rescuing our people from slavery. It's Moses going to Pharaoh that God said we must pass this down from generation to generation. But Jesus, he says, no, forget all that. <laughs> all the stuff God did in the Old Testament, whatever, you know, forget about It's about me now. It's about me. Like, it's surprising, it's awe-inspiring, it's different, and it puts Jesus at the center of everything. And so, I mean, I wasn't there that day, but I just read this text, and I just imagine myself in that room, and I, I could see Jesus saying this, you know, this is my body which is given for you, and they're like, yeah, whatever, he said some weird things, and do this in remembrance of me. Maybe he just got confused. <laughs> Maybe he just kind of like lost it for a minute. And so they're, they're having the rest of the meal, and after supper, <laughs> Jesus says this. He says, this is the cup. And everyone's like, okay, let's get this right this time, Jesus. This is the cup, is the new covenant between God and his people. That's weird. And an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of, what's that word? What? This, is, this isn't about you, Jesus. This is the Passover. This is Moses and, and God rescuing our people from slavery. And this is what it's all about. And what, what's this old covenant you're talking about? This is our covenant. An agreement between God and our people. It's not old. So how, how hard would it be for you to change what you celebrate on Christmas. How hard would it be? That's what I was thinking. It would be impossible, wouldn't it? It's ingrained in you. And no matter who was sitting up here saying, well, okay, now like Christmas is going to be my birthday. I mean, if it was me and I did like a thousand miracles and I was healing people and I was teaching all this cool stuff, still, I guarantee you'd be like, no way. That's impossible. I'm never going to change. <laughs> never going to change that. And plus, like, we don't need a new covenant. We don't need a new way of doing this. We already have one. So I just, again, I want you to think about in your life, or let's just take us into a little bit of a different realm, into application. How hard is it to change anything in your life? How hard? You know, you're like, oh, that's just the way I am. You know, you ever say that before? You're like, I know people say I'm mean, and they talk, they say like I say bad things, and I say harsh things. I know, I know they say that all the time. They say, you know, I say it in a bad way, but that's just the way I am. I'm just a straightforward person. <laughs> or, or you ever said like, you know, everybody comes to me with all their problems, and they just tell me everything that's on their heart, and I love them, and I give them hugs and kisses and listen to them, but I never actually help them. And actually, in many ways, just probably enable them and their problems. How hard is it to change just the way you are? It's almost impossible, isn't it? It's, it's, it's almost impossible. Because we, in just those two illustrations, we gravitate to one of two of those extremes. We're like all truth people or all grace people. But when Jesus came, and John, we read that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And so all of us, as we grow in our faith in Jesus, we're, we have to grow in 
grace and truth, like together. And so like, that's just not the way that you are. I mean, it is, but God is transforming you and changing you and growing you to be more like Jesus, full of both grace and truth, 100% grace, 100% truth. And so it's really hard to change. It's really hard. And I thought of this illustration uh, from last week. Many of you were here and remember these guys. <laughs> and uh, I love this tradition at our church, and uh, I think it's so cool. But, uh, and, and our service last week was so beautiful, and it was great standing around and, and doing this. And, but these things, man, you remember these batteries in here? They were like finicky as all get out, right? And they were great because the message was about being personalized and like we just went with it and it was, it was good. But like, man, you had to like tap it and hit it and press the button. <laughs> you know, you had to adjust the batteries in here and all this stuff. But you know what? We could have solved that problem if we would have just used AA batteries. Come on, somebody. AA batteries. They were bigger, right? They fit better. And, you know, they just, they just work. And you're like thinking, well, I told you that last week. <laughs> Say, well, you weren't there when we put the lights together. And, like, and the people that were there and put the lights together, we, we said something about it. We're like, no, no, it's okay. It's, it's triple A's. And one of the reasons why we thought it was triple A's, or I thought it was triple A's, is because I specifically looked for a light that uses triple A batteries. Because these clickers that we use on all of our theaters use triple A batteries. And I thought, okay, we're going to have some extra. We'll use some little triple A batteries for the extra stuff afterwards, you know? So I said, we got to do triple A batteries. And so I was looking and looking and looking, and not only was I specifically looking for a light that had AAA batteries, but I was looking for a light that was specific in saying that it used AAA batteries. And so if you go on the um, Amazon website where we bought this from, you see it's powered by three AAA batteries. And so I said, okay, well, like, of course, right? Amazon is always right. And so that's why we went. But maybe it was a typo. Maybe the guy that was typing that in wrote it wrong or something. But anyway, I trusted that dude or the lady that wrote that word on there. And you know what? They kind of worked. So we just went with it. <laughs> but many of us live our lives this way. You read something at some point in time in your life or somebody told you something at some point in time in your life, and you just trusted it. And like, there's nothing that's going to change that. Or maybe like, let's take it a step further about your belief about God. Like you read something at some point in time in your life, or somebody, maybe somebody in a position like mine told you something about God at some point in time. Or maybe you watched a video on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, and you just trusted it, and you've, you've trusted it. And so my question, and it's a big question, is, so that's true, right? That, that's definitely true in all of our lives if we think about it. What happens 
when Jesus comes along and tells you everything you trusted is wrong. Like, it, like it's not AAA batteries anymore, it's AA batteries. Like it's a big difference. And we're talking about communion this morning, right? We're not just talking about a description on an Amazon page. We're talking about the very words of God. Like God, if you read in the Old Testament, literally said to celebrate the Passover and pass it on from generation to generation forever. And Jesus changed it. He changed it. He said, it's not about that anymore. It's about me. And this is what he was really saying. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. I want you to feel the weight of that. Because you'll start to think about what trusting really means. Like, Jesus, you, you literally changed the entire course of history. And I'm trusting him with that. Uh, Jesus, there is no way I or anyone else can be made right with God except for you. And I'm trusting you with that. That's a lot to trust somebody with. And like if you get it wrong, like if I get it wrong, like the, 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 the penalty of getting it wrong is like paying for your own sin forever in hell. It's like, that's a big penalty. It's a big, terrible thing. But it's by God's grace, right? Through faith that we're saved. And it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God lest anyone should boast. And so we come to the end of this year, and I just want you to feel and realize just how transformational trust in Jesus really is. And just the fact, like, if we're going to trust God for our eternity, we're going to trust Jesus for our eternity, we better trust God with every other area of our life too. Like with our money, or our relationships, or with our attitudes. I mean, you're trusting him for your eternity. Everything else should be fair game. And so uh, in just a minute, we're going to take communion together. And that, that word together is really important. It's, it's a common union. It's, it's together. It's communion together. Like all of us, no matter who we are, what we've done, what we've believed in the past, we all can come together and celebrate what Jesus has done for us. And we're all united in this. We're all on the same plane on this. We're all together in this. And so let me just tell you a little bit of how this works here if you've never done it before. Um, it, it works a little bit like we did the lights last week. Uh, a video is going to play, and I'm going to invite you to stand up. You can come down and grab a communion cup and a cracker and take it back to your seat. And there's one in the middle over there and one down here on this side. There's also some gluten-free crackers if that's your thing. Um, so grab one of those for you as well. Um, but like I said, and then uh, we're, in just a second, we're going to stand up. The video is going to play. You can grab those and take it back to your seat. Then I'll lead you through that communion, talking through 1 Corinthians 11. Then we're going to sing, and then we'll 
go and celebrate the rest of our new year, right? But if you've never today, if you've never really understood the weight of these words on the screen right now, I just want to invite you in this moment to really do that, to trust Jesus, like to trust him, like to really trust him. Like, and we got to understand like what we're trusting him with. Like there's this guy who said he's from God that was having a Passover meal with his people like his people had always done, and he literally changed the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> it was the Passover, but you know, like that is, there is so much weight in this. There is so much going on in Jesus, and it's just a matter of trust. And when you trust him, your life completely changes. You might have been living some way for the last, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, or many more years. And today, as you trust him, he's a turning point. He's a hinge point. And everything else from your life here on forward is completely new. Like, that's what Jesus does in your life. And so if you've never done that before, I invite you to, to do that and to... Um, and to participate with us in communion. But if for some reason you, you haven't done that or you're not ready, you know, I'd love to talk more with you at Popcorn with the Pastor after the service. We'd love to chat more with that. But like, don't worry about participating in communion. Like that, you know, don't, don't do it just because. Like we do it because we're remembering what Jesus did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so, but for those of us who do understand and who do get that, you're saying, I'm trusting in Jesus today then I want us to all participate together and remember what Jesus has done for us.